Did you see the dude that made the mask gun? No. Okay. Everyone. Is it like a t-shirt gun? Kind of. He made an elaborate gun that shoots like weights on each piece of fabric that wraps around the head. So it basically is like one of those like nets that you shoot. Yeah. <laughs> he like took it to like a different fucking beach and like got people to shoot it at like, <laughs> like mannequin heads, but it worked. It was amazing. It's a really, really great video. Fantastic. Um, We're I'll not advocating that you shoot people. We're not advocating that you shoot anybody. But it is your Second Amendment right to have a gun. <laughs> Between the present and the past, memories held in the walls and earth, energies and entities that cross the barrier into our dreams and our consciousness. That which has been left behind between the living and the dead. I'm Emily. And I'm Joy. And this is Is The the Residuals. Residuals. Joy and I both finally broke this week and shouted at people to put their masks on properly. I, we broke. I didn't shout. Um, you've I seen did. Me. You've seen me when I have been quietly disconcerting with people before. We were, um, my family and I went out for the first time in like public public for the last couple of months. Like when people started going to the beach and like throwing their fucking masks and caution to the wind. I stopped going to the beach because I I can't deal with it. I don't have a good time. I get distracted. Like, it's not fun. It's just stressful. Um, And I just leave a place with, like, acid gut rot because I'm pissed off. So we went to Descanso, and you have to have a face covering on to get in. Like, they won't let you in without one on. And we were in there, and, like, a couple of women were like hanging out with their kids and their masks were hanging off an ear or like on their wrist and their kids were running around without masks on and I was just like I like had mine on and I did the like fingers over the face horizontal thing and I was just like they're supposed to be on when you're inside <laughs> and I was just like <laughs> and just stood there and she's like yeah and I was like yeah like and I was like are you gonna fight me by the turtle pond? go fuck yourself <laughs> I will fight you she put her mask on and then walked by me with her nose out and her kid with no mask on. And I said, Enzo, we have to move because it's on the wrong way. <laughs> Savage. I had to take our dog to the vet for the third time in three weeks because why not 2020? But our vets is doing their best because they have to carry on because, you know, dogs are going to need medical, you know, or you know, other animals. Um, and so they request that you stay in your car, you call them, they'll come out and talk to you, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, when they come to the car, you keep your mask on. And there was a couple sitting outside the door, having a fucking picnic, no <laughs> masks on, as you do, shooting the shit. He's on his phone, she's doing her makeup. That's great. She's doing her makeup? 
She was slapping her makeup on, even though it was completely fucking pointless because it's like a hundred and something degrees here. So it was just going to melt off immediately. Um, and they, there was someone else that had just dropped off their dog who was wearing a mask and the vet tech was kneeling down talking to this little old lady about her Yorkie. And these people are sitting right next to her. And so I rolled down my window because I'd been giving them the death stare, which I'm really good at, and they hadn't picked up on it yet. So I had to roll down the window and shout, excuse me, excuse me. And the vet tech turned around. She was like, me? I said, no, the person next to you. And they finally looked up. I said, you need to put your mask on. She's right next to you. You're being selfish. Oh. And they looked at me like, what the fuck? And then I just kept staring at them. And I was like, put it on now. And I think having an English accent, when I get angry, it really comes out. And it scares people. And so they put their masks on and then they just sat there looking really sheepish. And I would, they would still look over at me and I would give, I would death glare them every time they were like, no, no, not yet. Not yet. Now we've got our rage corner out of the way. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. this is what I was going to say before. Um, I was going to say that this is our season finale. Yeah, it is. This is our first season finale. This is right. episode 24 of yeah. The Residuals. Yeah. How? <laughs> uh. I mean, half of it has been done on Skype. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Which completely is, I'm, on I'm Skype. Just, I'm just going to say, I'm actually really proud of us. Um, for that, because, you know, we, you overcome, you adapt, right? Right. Isn't that what it is? Yeah. I'm just, I don't know. I'm proud of us. No big deal. I hadn't even, I don't think I'd ever even used Skype before until we did this. Oh, shit. Should we introduce ourselves? Oh, yes. What's your name? I'm Emily. Who are you? I'm I'm Joy. This is. The residuals. What are so, we gonna do this week for our, so for our season finale? This is what's going what? on, my ghoul friends. Um, tell me, we are gonna do a little chit chat and recap of some of our favorite stories. Mm. Um, because we've talked about a lot of shit the last almost year. Um, yeah. our first episode came out October of 2019. Um, yes. And we have had at least two stories every episode, but usually more because yeah. scare mail has been, you know, three, four stories sometimes. When we have interviewed people, we've had multiple stories each episode about their experiences. It's never just like one thing because yeah. it seems to be that if you have one experience like this yeah. you continue to have more um, you know i the thing is is like we've been a th- this this has been almost a year of putting out episodes but this you know the genesis of this was what may june last year i think it was before i mean we started talking about it in the spring 
And then I think we first recorded in like April. I think maybe April or May. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We did. I think it was. Um, so yeah, it's been a while. It's been well over a year that we have been telling each other stories with microphones in front of our big fat pie holes. Um, um listen. Okay, they, uh... her pie hole is slender, fine. Oh, did you see the dude that made the mask gun? No. Okay. Everyone is it like a t-shirt gun? Kind of. He made an elaborate gun that shoots like weights on each piece of fabric that wraps around the head so it basically is like one of those like nets that you shoot yeah. <laughs> he like took it to like a different fucking beach and like got people to shoot it at like <laughs> mannequin heads but it worked it was amazing it's a really really great video fantastic um, we're not advocating that you shoot people we're not advocating that you shoot anybody. But it is your Second Amendment right to have a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Same. Good point. Um, what's the first story that we're going to... So, yeah. um, um, we're not, we're not going to talk about killing people because we have lots of dead people to talk about anyway. Yay! We don't, we don't need to kill people for stories. We're not... It's wow, only season one. Yet. We haven't gotten, we haven't run out of stories. Yeah. Um, Maybe next The year. first one, this was one that I, I would like to talk about, or at least um, listen to again. I want to share it with everybody again. Uh, it was episode seven, Single White Apparition, story oh, by the same name, um, about a uh, an apparition that visited Emily in her dreams in college, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, let's uh, listen to it. Cue that up, and uh, everybody can get a good, a good freak out <laughs> from that story to get this whole thing going. Okay, hang on. I'm gonna go light some sage while we play it. All right. Here we go. My roommate would wake up to hear me having one-sided conversations with somebody. This went on for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Very clear conversations. And she'd be like, who were you talking to on the phone? I'm like, um, no, I wasn't. I was having dreams that there was a girl sitting on the end of my bed wearing a white dress who was showing me snapshots of my day, asking me about the people that I'd been with. So being like, hey, so who was this person that you were talking to on the quad? Oh, what is that? Okay, cool. So who is this person? Like, getting into are we saying dreams in quotes on this one yeah this went on for about two weeks because and every day every night i would dream that she was sitting on the bed showing me snapshots of dream though well here here's the thing Uh so there was a girl on my floor who was a bit of a woo-woo hippie type Uh which i wasn't used to at the time because i'd only been in america for two years at that point oh you poor thing (laughs) (laughs) just you have no idea at least um, you're on the east coast i know yeah. well no i don't know you know what state i was on on the east coast no, i don't no. know if that counts but imagine if you yeah. had gone like straight here i would have been fine my mom's from california oh okay never mind because I, I would have I much mean, rather I'm been around california super than... new england girl yeah no so. not me um <laughs> anyway but so she we'd become friends and i finally told her about my dreams and she's like you do <laughs> i'm sorry i feel like such a wanker you do know that my parents are shamans. Sorry, it's not funny. 
but it was apparently true. We just and lost I was all like, of our shaman I know. listeners. Oh, God, sorry guys, crystals. Um, but listen, I, hold on. Wait, don't let Emily fool you. She texted me. Oh, do I have to put my crystals out tonight? When the full moon was out. So like, wait, when mean, my, she does, she don't okay, let her fine. fool you. And I have my. T- <laughs> She's wearing crystals right now. I am. Shut up, Joy. Just God. She's one of you. Fine, I'm one of, one of us. Yeah, whatever. She's uh, one of us. It's I fine. am. I'm one of you. I have so many fucking crystals. It's I know ridiculous. You do. I just don't bathe them. I'm just like. Mm. I know. I like to put them out in the moonlight, and then I light different candles for different things. Fine. Did I admit you, it. Have you ever seen that meme that it's something about like, you know, other witches, and it's like, make sure you close this and you do that and you clean this before you cast a spell, and the other one that's like wipes Cheeto dust off. All right, sluts, let's go. Yep. <laughs> probably us <laughs> go ahead okay so i tell her about my dreams and she looks very concerned and she says to me you know that's not a dream you're having right and i was like wait what do you mean she's there had been a girl on our campus who had died two years prior mm. um and she believed that it was that girl who had lived in campus housing, not our dorm, but one of the um, close-by dorms. And she thought it was her um, trying to live through, continue living somewhat through my day-to-day experiences, mm-hmm. so to speak. And so she had to do a cleansing. I was going to say, or she's trying room. to take you over so I she don't, knows yeah, everything. I don't know, man. But who was this you were talking right. to in the quad, Who Emily? was this? Who's this batch? Mm. So yeah, single so. white apparition. <laughs> <laughs> we just trademarked that. No one, no one touch it. We just we trademarked it. Coming to a theater near you. In case you weren't sure of what the title of this episode would be, single white apparition. <laughs> ding ding ding! Oh, that's it. <laughs> Found it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So she lit a bunch of white candles, broke out the sage in the Palo Santo. Yeah. And did you did, do salt in corners? I don't. Honestly, I was drinking a lot back then, Joy. I do not really remember much of what happened outside of this because it was terrifying. Fair. Um, but yeah, no, she did a big cleansing ceremony and the dreams stopped immediately that night. I did not have any more dreams with this girl. Wow. But yeah, my roommate was convinced that I was running up our phone bill in the middle of the night because she would wake up and hear me having a very clear one-sided conversation. Wow. That was my first semester of college, uh, of university, and that was kind of a a harbinger of of things to come. Um, That was the start of everything. Um, I mean, this is the same college where um, we talked recently to Chris, your friend that you were talking with, about all of his stuff that happened in the same area and sometimes in the same building that you were having experiences uh, we also interviewed Kat about some of these things, too. Exactly. So these are two other episodes. Um, if anybody else wants to go back and listen to more stuff. Yeah, from Chris, was, uh, Chris was our last episode. Chris was episode 23. Kat was 16 and 17, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah it was this. There's something about this college town that it, it just... 
Oh my God. It just amplified. If you were open to this stuff, it just turned your bug light up to like, you know, 150 Watts. And that was my first time having a dream like that. And then a few months later, I had a similar dream, which is uh, not a similar dream. I had another dream that was almost like uh, someone coming to me. Well, it wasn't almost like it was someone coming to me, but it was actually led me to become friends with someone who's still one of my good friends to this day. It's in that same episode. It's in episode seven, which is a single white apparition. Yeah. When we were talking about um, like all the stuff that happened to you at college and when Chris was talking about it too, we, he was saying, you know, all the people that come in with all their baggage and all their emotional bullshit that like energizes and imprints on whatever's there, there seem to be a lot of stories from college that we've heard from people. Um, And one of, I don't know if it was the first scare mail, but one of our scare mails, um, from it was let me see it was episode um nine nine and it was 13 player pianos oh yeah that was our first scare mail episode it was right oh god that was back in the day when we could hang out in person we sat on your bed and recorded that oh god yeah oh it was like we were at college we're just sitting in our dorm room hanging out in my bed don't cry <sighs> and, no, stop. Anyway, I'm fine. I'm no, can I'm fine. All right, let's let's play, guys. I'm gonna play uh, 13 player pianos. That story for you while Emily has a good cry. Right, we have another one. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, this one starts with my dad's stories from university. Oh tits. My dad went to a college at Northern Michigan University back in the 60s. He joined a frat that was housed in a mansion sold to the school by an eccentric older woman who could no longer manage it. All right. right. She sold it to the frat for $1. What? Shut up. With one stipulation that they must keep and maintain all 13 of her player pianos in the house. Oh, wow. 13 player pianos? It's scary enough to have one of those shits in your house. Did you know my grandpa had one of those and it was called the pianola? It didn't work. <laughs> and it was severely out of tune. I like, that would just be scary to know that they're in the house. I know. <laughs> no, just keep... It's all right. I've just got 13 haunted pianos in the house it's fine they might you know it's fine don't worry about it but just you know make sure you get them tuned the player pianos were spread out on the three upper floors of the place with one in the basement bowling alley shut up bowling alley. no big deal the bowling alley was an interesting place the frat brothers would use it to blow off steam but it was stained literally and figuratively The year before my dad joined the frat, a frat brother had gone down to the bowling alley and committed suicide. Oh, Oh babes. The young man shot himself in the head with a shotgun. His blood spatter reached the ceiling and no matter how many times it was painted over, the stain would reappear a pink testament to the horrific event. Oh, God. Carrying on. Time passed. Senior year, my dad couldn't afford to go home for the holidays and decided to stay at the mansion. Nope, mistake number one. Nope. He had a great Dane dog, Greto. Oh, it's pronounced Greedo. 
so he didn't feel so alone. And besides, my dad figured, the solitude could help him study. Nope. His bedroom was on the topmost floor, and one night he stayed up late reading. Suddenly, all of the player pianos in the place started playing at once. He hadn't a clue what was going on. Maybe a frat brother came back early and was playing a trick. Okay, yeah, on all of them at the same time. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. No, no. Way to multitask. Set on fire, run out the door. He opened his bedroom door to investigate, and all the pianos turned off at once. Now he was sure it was a prank, but he wasn't in the mood to play along. He resumed his place on his bed and found his page in his book when again the player pianos started playing. Mm, Nope, nope, nope. He opened his bedroom door and yelled, knock it off. The piano stopped. Satisfied, he went back to bed with his book until the the piano started again. This time my dad was both scared and pissed. He didn't think it was a prank anymore. No shit. And feared an intruder. I mean, I'm going to say it's maybe 13 intruders. I don't know if anyone has the ability to switch all of them on at the same time. Anyway, he went down to the second floor. All the pianos on that floor stopped playing. He went down to the first floor and all those pianos stopped playing too. Now there was only one piano still going, the one down in the basement bowling alley. Oh, my God. My dad opened the door to the basement, took a step down... But Greedo wouldn't follow. My dad watched as the hair on Greedo's back raised. The dog started barking and refused to follow my dad. So my dad said, if you're not going, I'm not going. You know, always trust him. Always trust the animals. Yep. We are on your side. Way to go, dad. We like you. My dad went back up to his room. And as soon as he closed his bedroom door behind him, the piano in the basement stopped. It was quiet the rest of the night and thankfully the rest of the winter break. Weeks later, my dad was up late and couldn't sleep. He went down into the house to grab a snack when he heard someone bowling down in the basement. He decided to join whoever was down there, and when my dad got to the bottom of the stairs... Oh, God. There was the dead fraternity brother bowling with the top of his skull shut off. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. The dead boy stopped bowling, looked at my dad. My dad looked back. They stared at each other until my dad turned and walked back up the stairs. My dad didn't say a word to anyone and he never went down there again. In the decades since, the mansion has been demolished for new developments. I often wonder if they took the pianos out before they brought the place to the ground. Oh my God. What? This is not, oh my God, this is not real. I mean, I don't really mean that it's not real, but holy shit. That's like, this is such a good story. That's... Oh, my God. Absolutely bonkers. Completely bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. bonkers. Oh. oh, God. Oh, God, that makes me so sad and at the same time absolutely oh pant-shittingly terrified. I know, and I'm, like, I'm picturing it in the old, like, like a 50s, like, outfit with, like, a letter jacket. Oh and, you God. know, like, the old, like... I right, don't, you know, with like bluish kind of skin and like, oh god, oh. Ugh. I don't know if that's sign of an intelligent haunting or if that's like someone able to take a step through sure. to that time period. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, like, is it a time slip? Are you coming from another time, or did the 
fraternity brother who was alive go to another time? Or is this not a ghost? Or do we have to redefine what a ghost is? Yes. Like, it's that more than a haunting yes. idea. Um, it's funny because the way that it's described, how he's in that state of, like, having a bullet wound. Yeah. That seems to kind of go against like the friendly spirit idea of presenting themselves how they would like to. Right. Um, and it reminds me oddly of someone who terrified me from a movie when I was growing up and still kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies. Victor Pascal from Pet Cemetery. Oh. Do you remember that whole storyline in that movie? Honestly, um, I in the book, watched I mean, it. I haven't watched that movie in 11 years. Last time I watched it was Halloween 11 years ago. I mean, I'm going to talk about something that's fiction, but it's a point I'm trying to make and it'll be clear. It it makes it visual for people who are visual. Right. And visual. 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 So so you can see it. Um. Yes. (laughs) So the main character, uh, Lewis Creed, is a doctor. And it's like his first day as a doctor on like a college campus or something. So this mm-hmm. is weird that it's going back to college unintentionally. Um, but this kid who is out running, whose name is Victor Pascal, gets hit mm-hmm. by a car Ooh. and dies while the doctor is there with him. Okay. And he shows up as sort of like this guardian angel through the movie, but he always is in his death state. He is always with like his brain hanging out, like uh, gross. And yeah. there's point in the movie where Lewis Creed's daughter I have goosebumps and I'm talking about a book Um, Lewis Creed's daughter like wakes up having a nightmare and she's trying to say she had a dream about Victor Pascal and he's trying to warn her dad and he was with him because he was that his her dad was with Victor when his soul discorporated oh and, like, that's the main... And I keep, like, coming back to that because that's what it reminds me of. That's the picture I see in my head is this, like, young college kid with, like, part of his brain hanging out just, like, casually yeah. fucking bowling and doing shit. So, like, right. why are you choosing to look that way if you have a choice? Because you're not trying to be scary to this other person that came down to the bowling alley. I mean, maybe he doesn't have a choice. Maybe he's trapped. Right. Right. That's what I mean. Like, is there this like limbo purgatory interdimensional space between right. whatever this is and an afterlife is if there is one, you know, I'm not going to say yeah. there isn't anything for sure, but, um, we're getting very not, deep here. Josh. <laughs> I know unintentionally, but like, shit's happening right now. My brain is, there's things happening. Keep going. Probably exactly. that coffee okay. I had at like nine 30. Yeah. Um, that, uh, yeah. <laughs> but if he's there in the state and this is what he looks like um, and he's not trying to be menacing, like I said, he's just fucking bowling and just right. looks at like his fellow fraternity brother that comes downstairs who he would have okay, been like, up? Hey brother, what's up? Because they yeah. would all have acted that way to each other, regardless of what year they lived there. Right. Is he just stuck in this like sort of wishy washy overlap space you know like that's the kind of thing that it makes me think of and I always think of Victor Pascal in this so if anybody else 
<laughs> if anyone else had Victor Pascal from Pet Cemetery imprint on them so fucking hard, please let me know that I am not the only one. <laughs> but this is also, this goes back to, um, you know, this is a full body apparition or something else. Right. Um, does that mean that in cases like when we interviewed Rachel at her house, yes. and she has her, um, I know it's not George, but I call him George. Um, George. She had her George, and she has seen him in the house and specifically in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. But when I was there and I was like, oh, I feel like, I feel like I can feel it. Well, we had things happen when we were there. Right. You know, we right before we started recording, we were talking about experiences and stuff like that, just shooting the shit, and a door downstairs opened. Mm-hmm. It, it's an older house, and it was a door that was creaky, and it was, like, dragging on the carpet, and we were the only ones there. You know, and that was almost like the house or whoever, George or whoever, being like, oh, I, I, know, I know what's going to happen. I know what's up. Yeah. Um, and then you... Well, like someone's pacing in the kitchen. I, yeah, I was like, I just, I know it sounds, I was like, I know it sounds crazy. Because <laughs> that's how I always feel every time I feel something. I'm like, I know it sounds weird, but I just feel like somebody's pacing like in front of this sliding glass door in the kitchen. And yeah. she was like, that's funny because I've seen him. Um, so shall we check wanna, out this story? Of, yeah. Let's, her let's, her telling us. I mean, the interview that we did with her was really, really long, but yeah. um We'll just play a little part of it. And this is from um, episode 10. It was the interview with Rachel, and it's called Ghost Therapy 2020. So we move in, and I have a five-month-old. I have a five-month-old who's up a lot during the night, needs needs the night feeding, right? So, yeah, you know where this is I'm going. I'm making this noise because of the first episode that we had. Where exactly, yeah. exactly. So, Juno's room is across the hall from mine, and it's a perfect view. You look down these stairs. Cause, so, this house is a split level. So, you walk in, and there's, like, the living room and kitchen level. You can go downstairs to the rumpus room. There's a bedroom and a bathroom. You go upstairs, and there's the three bedrooms and, like, two more bathrooms. Um, so, I'm crossing the hall and looking down. I can see I have a direct line into the kitchen. And that's the first time I see him. And I know it's him. And I know it's the same energy that I felt that day that I stepped on the porch. Same energy that I've felt like, but this is the first time I've ever actually seen him. And to be honest, it's one of the first times that I've actually ever seen like like a manifestation of something, like something tangible. Mm -hmm. Anything, like my whole life it's always been feeling. Right? So this is the first time I've actually seen it. And it's an old man. And he's wearing a white bathrobe. And he's pacing. He's pacing in that kitchen. He's pacing in that kitchen. I'm like, okay. And I just go into Juno's room, feed her, put her back to sleep, come out and just don't even look. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. This happens regularly. One night, I'm in my room, and I wake up, and he's standing in my room. No. no. In the doorway. No. And he's looking at me. No. 
and he's but it's he's not he's looking at me he's so curious like he knows you can see him no he's so confused he's looking at me and the sad thing is is that it was like I didn't realize what it was until probably like a year and a half later when my grandmother was in her last stages of dementia and she would look at me with that same stare and I was like and that was that was when I realized I was sitting with her and I was like oh my god he died from dementia that's how he went because that's how he was looking at me and it was he was standing in the doorway and that's I am a chicken shit. And a lot of it comes from growing up in that crazy ass house and hearing scary things. I can't watch scary movies. It's too visceral for me. But that is my worst nightmare is someone waking up and someone standing over my bed. Yes. Here I had someone standing over my bed looking at me. But it was, he looked like a, like a deer in headlights. And I wasn't afraid. And I just said, okay, I can control this. And I just put the covers over my head and turned my back to him and said, okay. Um, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to pull like some super fucking witch move and be like, I command, blah, blah. And you're like, so I pulled the covers over my head and turned my back and just hold up and waited until I'm morning. sorry. I can't say anything because I'm just like, yeah. So here's the crazy thing about that interview that that we did with Rachel. So at the end of it, we decided to go and check out the house. Um, and we left all of our equipment recording. And we got up and walked away from the table. And, you know, we were gone for what, like half an hour from... I mean, at around. least I mean, we were gone for a while. Twenty minutes. We went right. through the whole house, every single room, all the backyard. Right. Stopped and chatted. Like wanted to give the equipment enough time to pick something up, because this was also when I was like, "Hey, I haven't really said anything, but I'm kind of picking up some EVPs on our equipment." Yes, and that you know, you told me that right when we started film recording that day, and you know promptly almost shat myself so we left it recording to see if we could pick up anything with George and what happens is you first thing that happens is we say that this is what we're going to be doing and we start to wrap it up and you hear a sigh um which could be written off as any of us um However, however, (laughs) we get up, you hear us getting up from the table, walking away, and you can hear us chatting as we go. You hear another long, loud sigh, and then our equipment turned off. Our equipment requires no, it requires someone to touch buttons to turn it off. It's not Uh, something that, like, shuts off if it's quiet. It's not anything that has a timer, even if I wanted to set one. There were no animals near it. There were, like, nothing. It was on a dining room table in the middle of the dining room, touched by nothing, at least nothing alive. (laughs) And, yeah, you hear us chat and walk away. Our voices, you know, get further away. You can tell we go up the stairs, and we're, like, about to go into one of the bedrooms. And it's just as, like... Click. <laughs> that episode in itself, Rachel is just such a wonderful person, but some of the experiences and also some of the 
the the things that she has um uh i guess abilities are just yeah. fascinating and so please you know definitely check out that episode it's episode mm-hmm. nine yeah and, like if you we know, ever if we ever do like set up our like ghost hunter ghost therapist like club um i want rachel in it like for sure like uh, she would have to yeah like totally um and the way that i met her uh, is she's in like sort of a little like a, a group of moms on like the east side over here that we like hang out or we used to hang out we don't hang out anymore which yeah. i won't get sad about right now i don't want to cry uh, again. um no i'll get sad about it late at night when i'm looking through pictures um <laughs> but we i remember very distinctly we were out for her birthday and we were walking from one bar to another and she and I were just like chatting about stuff. And I was like, Oh yeah. Well, didn't you say like, blah, 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 something psychic, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, Oh yeah, this and that. I was like, well, sometimes this happens to me. And then she's like, Oh, well, sometimes this happens to me. So (laughs) we, and we talk about that in the episode also in the ghost therapy episode. Um, but that was sort of how we hit a, different level of our relationship because we sort of were like oh we're both weird the same way okay and um it's the same thing with like uh our friend Anessa that we have had on a couple times now there wasn't really a very clear like why do we want to be such good friends it was just like I feel like I need to hang out with this person and then we started talking more and it was like oh, well, I had this ghosty thing happen. And she's like, oh, yeah, me too. And then she, like, laid on me, like, the the seriousness, the extent of, like, her experiences. And it was mind-blowing. Yeah. And um, here's the thing. What you're saying, you know, it's exactly what it is. You kind of, when you start to talk to people about your experiences, there's that dipping your toe almost into the pool to see how they will react because mm-hmm. the you know and this is why you and I decided way back last year to to start this podcast because we you know you and I had just kind of bantered about spooky shit every now and then and we went out for lunch one day and just happened to start talking about it and realized that you know it's like the floodgates open yeah because you're talking to somebody who gets it you're talking Mm -hmm. to somebody who isn't going to judge you and it's stuff that you know I I talked to you about experiences that really were quite they were experiences that I haven't really told anybody else that I've then now of course shared with you know a few thousand people who have (laughs) listened to our show um (laughs) No, <laughs> but you know it was that whole thing about there's a there's a stigma that's attached to this there is there is that fear of talking to people about it because you they're immediately going to think that you're you know nutty buddy mm-hmm. and you know we wanted to we wanted to have a place where it wasn't like talking about it for shits and giggles or talking about it to scare people. We wanted, we started this with the sole purpose of giving people a safe space to feel heard and to have that stigma 
relieved and to, you know, lift some of of that shame, I, I guess is the word. I think that some people, some of the experiences that people have, they leave trauma because some experiences are just very big and the trauma that's left there is compounded by the fact that when they try to talk to someone about it and then not believed, then it's like there's, then it's compounded by that shame and then it just gets put further and further and further down. And so we talk about different things on our show that we then get letters from people saying that happened to me. It feels really good to be able to put something out that someone can listen to and not feel alone. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, it there, forges there friendships. Been, yes. And, and there, I mean, I'm not going to go into the whole thing again because you know we've talked about it before, but like that idea that uh, like people find one another and exactly. there is that feeling like we used to talk on just the internet, but I was like, I feel like I just, this is a person that I want to like send gifts to like, right. <laughs> like not G I F T S yeah. <laughs> the picture is on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. but also, also presence. Yes. Um, yes. I'm, I, I enjoy those too. I like those. Thank you. Um, but yeah, there is that feeling where aside from the worry, I don't know, just that like apprehension to like open up and say something because I'm coming from a place of trying to be logical about right. my experiences. I'm not immediately jumping into things going, oh, what was that noise? Oh, it must have been a ghost. Right. I'm like, was it the ice maker? Was it somebody outside? Was it nothing? <laughs> like, I just want to rule things out. So the thing is, you're also an empath. And so that's exactly right. why, you know, you it refer to yourself and I agree confusing. with you. You're a skeptical empath, which is hilarious because <laughs> you're, you know, I've always got that. You're a walking contradiction, raised. which I adore. It's true. But yeah, you're like a science-based empath. It's, I just idea. want, I am a person who feels more comfortable and secure when I have information. Um, I want to know the truth and I right. don't, even in like mundane things that I think drive my husband a little crazy sometimes because I'll be like, who's that actor? Who's that actor? Why can't I think of that thing? And I like immediately pick up my phone and go to look it up. And he's like, can't you just have a question? And I was like, no, I can't. Just, I, the answer is right here in this tiny little Ooh. rectangle. Why would I'm I not sorry? ask you? Why wouldn't you? That <laughs> no, would drive me can't you just nuts. Have something you wonder about? I'm like, no, that sounds terrible. No. So terrible. we started this as like a place to be like, here are things that have happened to us. We want you to know that we're, you're not alone. We also right. want one another to know that we are not alone. So we'll keep telling right. each other stories. But then it evolved into like, hey, this thing happened. Emily and Joy, what do you think this is? So then right. I was like, oh, fuck. We're like, dear Abby's now. This is Fred. <laughs> and, and then it's like, we've gone places now and done like a little like ghost therapy and like talk to some spirits or like tried to help people out with what's going on in their house or gone places and seeing how we felt. Yeah. And then I feel like there's this, like I get to investigate things on a different level now. Like I can look at things and be like, 
okay. Like just how we're saying the 13 player pianos, like the bowling alley stuff, how we just talked about that. When we recorded that, we're like, holy shit, that's an intelligent haunting. And now we're like, wait a minute, what if? <laughs> but yeah, so uh, like I was saying, this happens to a lot of people. Um, and it's nice to be able to find other people to talk to about this, but also like Anessa brought up one of the like most commonly reported um, paranormal encounters, like right. global. Or just unexplainable. I don't even know if we could classify it. It's, I don't know if it could be classified as paranormal at this point because it's happened uh, worldwide yeah, to like so this, many different people. This is definitely one of those things now that like goes beyond hauntings. Like, right. is this an alien? Is this an interdimensional traveler? Like, right. what the fuck are people seeing? Um, there have been at least two documentaries that I have heard of about this. Right. Uh, it also reminds me of, of another Stephen King book because... Oh, for God's sake. Sorry. What? Um, what is but, it? No, it reminds me um, of, like, the weird... Um, the Watcher guys and like, Insomnia. Um, oh. Yeah. That's what it makes me think of. of yeah. Like, that would like watch and like the suits and stuff right um, right but one of the documentaries I was watching was saying that like an entire family had experienced this so is it like a lineage thing um but anyway before we you know tease this anymore um what let's just play the um the excerpt from episode five which was called Gomes. Stones. Gomes. <laughs> Goes. Um, <laughs> Anessa's first interview with us, and it was our yeah. first interview at all. First residual. It was. Period. And yeah. it, 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 this is the episode that we realized that Emily maybe should not be uh, operating anything to do with technology <laughs> and audio because I fucked it up royally. And thank God that we were able to get Anessa because we sure as shit didn't get us. So, you know, Aww. please forgive the quality. Um, yeah, so uh, take it away, Anessa. So in that big doorway I told you about that divides my room and the whatever quote-unquote dressing area where the closets are, I used to have one of those, remember those 80s and 90s embroidery floss mobiles? It was like a plastic ring with all the different colors of embroidery floss dangling from it. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, but I was living in England at the time. Fair enough. They had way better things. Um, <laughs> crumpets. Nailed it. Scones. Um, <laughs> you like my accent? I don't know. It's my real voice. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Uh, so I used to stand underneath it because embroidery floss is very soft. I used to stand underneath it and let it fall on my face. <laughs> and I just sort of like turn my face around in it. Like if I was just like really enjoying the sunshine, except instead <laughs> it's an embroidery floss mobile. Um, and this is pertinent to the story, I promise. 
So, one night, laying in bed, as per usual, except now, ever since that first thing happened, I did not sleep on my side, facing either direction ever. Really? I was on my back with my covers pulled up to my chin, just like every cliche. Again, I open my eyes, and this time, there's a man, very distinct man, standing under the mobile. Apparently, the man in the hat is a worldwide phenomenon that is related to sleep paralysis. Oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't, clearly I didn't know this at the time, but I shit you not, when this thing came out just a few years ago, and I saw the man in the hat, and they were talking about how people all over the world forever have been seeing this guy that I'm telling you about right now, it was like, oh, you're not a complete batshit insane person. This is a thing. Nobody knows who or what it is. But if you Google it right now, Google Images, it's just kind of like a silhouette. But it's a... look like the Babadook? Kind of. Kind of, yeah. And that is definitely, I think they're related for sure. But he's not wearing a cape. Like, he's just wearing a suit. But it's you don't see face. You just see the hat, and it's all black. But he's letting the friggin' mobile fall on his face like I did. And then he stops, and he looks at me. I ran downstairs. I told my parents there was a man in my room. I was fucking av- I was like, call the police right now. I, I was like, oh my god, I left my sister upstairs. Like, I'm a terrible sister. My parents were like, Anessa, the house was so wired. There was no way anyone was in the house without a massive alarm going off. There's just no way. There were motion sensors downstairs, every window, and outside of my bedroom, there was a two-story drop to the driveway. So they, my, I convinced my dad to go look, but I don't even think he was fully conscious. He didn't, like, they knew there was no one in the house. Um, and then after that, I convinced my, because I saw him multiple times, um, always kind of standing in that same place. Um, so I made my parents buy a second litter box for our cat to have in my room and a separate food and water bowl because the cat's sleeping with me now because he was fucking giant. <laughs> and he would literally sit, he would sit up all night next to me yeah that's what they do yeah so I'm again still sleeping on my back with the covers up to my chin but my I called him my lion though his name was puzzles because I named him when I was young and he looked confused um so yeah he would just sit next to me and uh I saw that guy a lot of times he never got any closer he just was very present and it was that was a dark feeling. That wasn't like the first time. I don't even think they're the ones that attack. I think that you see them when you have sleep paralysis and then something else is on you that you don't see. Fuck you, man in the hat. Like, Dude, seriously. No, 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 that, like, when I have those moments in bed where I'm just having one of those nights where I'm like a little freaked out or like I watched, like, Recently, do you remember I texted you and I was like, I don't know how this happened, but I watched an episode of Kindred Spirits that I apparently missed. I must mm-hmm. have like, it just ran on and like next episode of itself, I was asleep one night and I missed yeah. this one on Waverly Hills and I watched it the other night and it scared the fucking piss out of me and I was not expecting it. I was not prepared to be scared. So every little noise in the house while I was trying to fall asleep, I was like, is there, is there someone wearing a large brimmed hat in my doorway? No, okay, it's just a strand of my hair. Okay. Like- <laughs> Do you remember? So we had Anessa back on uh, yeah. for a follow-up interview just because she's got some fucking bonkers stories. She is a, um, a 
petite she's a magnet. Woman. She's a petite woman who is a giant lighthouse for spiritual right. stuff, like spirit activity and whatever. She's also one of the sweetest, kindest people you will ever meet. Um, but a, a recent interview with her, she was. We were talking about how to, you know, describe this thing that she sees, and it was the the Sandy Man, Sandy, whatever. It's, it's a Portugal. Oh um, yeah, the the Sandman one. Sandman, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Is it a, is it wine or is it a port? I don't know. I don't drink, Porto, so I don't fucking Porto. know. Yeah. So whatever, it's alcohol. Um, but I'll post a picture of it. It's like, it looks like a Zorro in a cape. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently it's, uh, yeah, so this is what people see. So it's absolutely incredible. You know what? I would be really interested to hear uh, from any of our listeners who have who have experienced this. Oh, my gosh. Yes, please. If you have seen um, the man in the hat, in whatever hat he has chosen to wear, for that visit fedora you know milady yeah i want to know if there's a tam a man in a tam out there someone let me know (laughs) Uh, (laughs) black cat man yeah (laughs) yeah let us know even if it's just i swear even if it's just like a short message to be like yes i have seen the man in the hat like i just want to have some kind of gauge of like how many people that are listening to us have had this experience? Yeah. Because I haven't, knock on wood, I don't want to. Is that him at your front door? That's him. He's coming. No, he's He's not. He's never coming because I live in a cloud of Palo Santo and it's not (laughs) fucking happening. (laughs) I have crystals buried around. I eat crystals on the daily. You do. So I, I should probably, you know, our email address is the residuals podcast at gmail.com. If you want yes, to send us a message there or, or, you know, slide into our DMS on Instagram, the underscore residuals underscore podcast. What's so yeah. So I think that tell us. No, the last, the second interview we did with Anessa, she brought up the man in the hat again, but she also had like new things happening. She heard talking on her baby monitor, but she heard it was like someone having a conversation with her son. Yes. Um, and it wasn't one-sided, just her kid talking to somebody. She heard yeah, both sides of the conversation, she heard, but her son yeah. was in there alone. And then we also, so, other baby monitor, we had yeah. Natalie, and that was like... Which I think that was episode eight, Sleeping Soldiers. Yes. That so Natalie, that was insane. I mean, that was beyond like voices on a monitor. So no big deal. Natalie's story was actually featured in the Wall Street Journal, and we got the exclusive interview for it. You know, and that was seeing things on her baby monitor. It was seeing people, people, silhouettes of groups of people yes. over her baby's bassinet. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes. No, like undeniably, it wasn't like, oh, there's kind of like this weird blob here, and if you like squint, it looks like no. an you arm. Can no, see the head. It, it, yeah, you can see the shoulders. You yeah. can see their people. Yep. Ugh. Like if there had been like one of those right. bodega height charts, 
like a 7-Eleven height chart next to these things, you would know how tall all of them were. Like it was detailed. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. But Which, well, that spirits, brings us into. I was going to say, these spirits yeah. did not oh. bother her child. Unlike mine. Right. A very, very first episode that we did. It's it's listed oh as episode two on iTunes because we did like a teaser one for episode one, but whatever, we can't count. Um, so I can. You can. I, I failed remedial math twice in university and only graduated because I took logic because it was math with words. So now you know how my brain works. So anyway, um, so, you know, we got this story coming up and it was um, it was terrifying for me to witness as a parent, uh, but also really exciting <laughs> to see someone who is really into this shit to actually see this thing happening. And then but then goes back to parent side of things and just being a- absolutely livid that something is fucking with my kids. So uh, yeah. let's go ahead and listen to that story. Baby Roll that beautiful bean footage. So we moved into our house a year and a half ago. The house that we'd been living in prior to that, we'd been renting the other side of town from us now. We'd been there for just over three years. We moved in on Halloween and the house was a a landlord, right? Halloween. Our landlord used to live in a house, but he moved across the street because that's where his mom lived, who actually owned the house because she was in poor health. She died the night that we moved in. No big deal. Right. No, I, mean, I mean, RIP, rest in peace. Sure. Thank you so much for buying this lovely house that we lived in. So the house that we lived in before, which is going to be another episode, um, was creepy as fuck. We were there for just over a year and a half. We have a cat who never came out from under furniture. The mm. house was weird. Mm. Um... The house was, well, sorry, I may as well say, that it was it was one of those places that had this awful energy that the second you stepped over the threshold into the home, you felt angry. You wanted to throw things angry. Yeah, no. Um, mm-hmm. Which was just awful. Awful. Um, so, and it felt really dark, and it had these big, beautiful windows, and it just felt... Ever since I was a kid, when I go into a place, I will immediately notice if it feels like it has too many dark corners, if that makes sense. Right, like the like it's somehow sucking the light out of the air right. or something weird. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So this house was bright and it was lovely and it felt welcoming. And the first day we were there, our cat was just chilling, taking a sun bath, came out from under the furniture and was like that for the three years we were there. We uh, we had our daughter living there, like had her like I gave birth to her while mm-hmm. we lived in this home, and um, we decided to move, and we started preparing to move. And uh, the way our house was set up, my daughter's room was an interior room, so it had no windows looking into the outside of the house. There was like a sunroom behind her that looked into the garden, mm-hmm. but we had blackout blinds all over. those little windows in her room just because we needed her to sleep 
So in this sunroom in the back, we had uh, our boxes that we'd started to pack all stacked up and basically almost exactly to the day a month before our moving date I started hearing bangs in the middle of the night coming from that back room as if a box had been kicked or was going to be like was had been knocked over and the house started to feel different it didn't feel so light and home and welcoming anymore um and then maybe two weeks before we moved my kid is She's normally a great sleeper. <laughs> at least she is at nighttime. So I woke up because I heard her on the monitor being really agitated, just really agitated. And I look on the video monitor we have and I see lights. There's one at the end of her crib inside her crib. There's one going in and out underneath her crib. Like not reflection no. lights like there's no ambient light that Not comes like a into toy this room. That she had on that was neat. Mm. I actually thought someone had broken into our house and there were mag lights. Oh That's how you can see that perfectly round. <sighs> so being, you know, a modern mother instead of going in to see her immediately, I got my phone and I recorded it. <laughs> Also because I knew that no one would believe me. Right, yeah. You know? Well, everything is so evidence-based right. now that it's like, exactly. if you didn't have it on your phone, it didn't happen. Right. Like, Pixar, it you. didn't happen. Right. So um, I recorded it, uh, yeah. and then I went into her room, and um, she, like, calmed down the second I walked in the room, mm-hmm. and I gave her cuddles, and I put her back in bed, like, within five ten minutes happens again she's agitated and I can see this thing she's crammed all the way she stuck herself all the way at one end of the crib as far away from this light as possible and she's it's not that she sounds scared she just sounds irritated like bugger off I just (laughs) want to sleep I'm exhausted I'm six months old Mm -hmm. I'm tired and I went back in her room and I ended up just sitting in her room for 20 minutes and I felt like a crazy person, but I had to have a little conversation with whatever was in there and just be like, right. you need to leave my kid alone. Mm. This is this is not acceptable. This is not okay. Mm-hmm. And after that, um, nothing else like that happened with her. However, the energy in the house got really, really uncomfortable. It suddenly felt incredibly dark and um, after we moved out, I had to go back and do two trips to the house just to get extra stuff mm. before our right. you know, lease was officially up. And I could not get out of that house quick enough. Oh, my God. I know that feeling. It's terrible. It's a horrible feeling. Mm. You walk in and the fear is immediate. And that feeling mm. of something is over your shoulder. And it's like, it's, it's like being in... Um, I guess when you're scuba diving and you have the intense pressure, the atmospheric pressure of the water around you. Oh, interesting. It felt like that. Like I've never been scuba diving. All of the pressure was oh sucked out of the room. And um, yeah, I could not get out of there fast enough. Oh. And that was that. And we moved here and everything was fine. There are a few things that stick out to me here. Is it that she was not happy that we were leaving the home? Or 
the other thing is there were two orbs going in and out of the bed and i'm going to put this on our instagram so you can see it there's one at the end of the bed that keeps like kind of it's a big one at the end of the bed and then there's one going in and out underneath so i don't know if that was her thing is is that when she bought the house it was when that area which is the magnolia park area of of burbank was finally being made into housing for people from farmland so it's way back like in the in the 30s um that this house was built like the 30s 40s um and i'll put i'll put a picture online that i found of it was it was all farmland and you know our landlord would tell me that they remembered when the end of our street was still a farm um there was a farm at the end of the street Uh, you know they (laughs) it's nuts they one of their neighbors one of our neighbors five houses down from us they tried to build a pool at some point so they put the pool in and then they couldn't figure out why the pool kept sinking and cracking sinking and cracking and so they finally take it out and it's because that part they found old refrigerators old cars a bunch (gasps) of old shit it was a dump so it was not so much a sinkhole but it was the dump where everyone from the farm where the farm would just dump all their shit and then they would just (gasps) cover it up with dirt and that was their back garden so they had to take out the pool and fill it all back in again and so you know and he remembered growing up because he's in his 70s now but he remembers growing up and you know seeing that farmland at the end of the street so is it the old older owner that was there or is it the fact that it was and it was an agricultural community lots of families living there um is it something in the earth is it something in the dirt is it something right. you know like we've got another epi- episode 16 with cat it's called a Ad, dog walker was a psychic because our dog walker <laughs> did tell me that she was a psychic shortly after she started walking for us and would just casually say, you know, that part in your garden at the back where nothing grows, it's because there's someone that walks through and they patrol the neighborhood and they're in your garden. They walk through your garden. Um, so there's that. Keep so, you it know, to yourself. Was, don't tell me that, but <laughs> thank you. Um, all right, neighborhood you know, watch. Thank you. No shit. I mean, thank you. I guess I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but so then it goes back to so who and why? And if so, what is the catalyst? Like if you had been there and right. things were fine, is the catalyst her passing away? And does that mean it happens instantaneously? Or I've heard theories where like there's a certain amount of time that goes by in the spirit world before the spirit can come back and show up and do shit. Like, I don't know what their schedule is. I don't know if you no. show up with like the lady in Beetlejuice and she has you hang out there for a while before you can go right. back through the chalk door. But it happened when we were a month away from moving. It happened when oh, it was we when finally you, yeah. went when into escrow and we yeah. signed and it was just, we were, you know, the people that we bought from were doing a rent back on the house. So we finally officially owned the house and we had a month left in that house until the old owners here fucked so, off. Yeah, it was something. So that we had all of our stuff. Yeah, we were just waiting to move. And not, we were in the middle of packing. It wasn't a renovation. You didn't like tear down a wall. No. You didn't like do anything. We were That's leaving. Like, that was like. That's all it was. We were leaving. Um, When 
It reminds me of when I lived in that farmhouse in Rhode Island. Yeah. <gasps> yes. We were renting. We, like you guys, we were not knocking down walls. We weren't even allowed to, like, paint anything. We were right. living in the old servants' quarters that was attached to the main farmhouse. Yes. Um, and right after we went and found that cemetery, that's when I had, like, one of the most jarring and, like, inexplicable experiences that I've ever had. I'd really like to listen to that. Can we play that one next? Yeah, let's play. We'll play that one. That's um, That was from episode three. I think. Uh, yeah, it? that was episode three, White Machine Noise. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's about this super rad, uh, like, house that will forever have a really special place in my heart. And I, I'm sad that I can't go in there anymore. Um, but, yeah, here, here, you can have a listen. I lived in Rhode Island for a long time. And for a while I lived in this little town called Hope, uh, right outside of, like, Cranston. If you've ever been up there, you know. And we lived, um, I had two other roommates, and we lived in this old farmhouse. Ooh. But we didn't live in the farmhouse. We lived in the old servants' quarters. Oh, shit. So it was, like, three floors, um, and it was all attached to the main house. So every floor, there was a door at the end of a hallway or a room that no. went into the main house. No, no. <laughs> How old was this farmhouse? How oh, long did I- 17, 1800s. I mean, it was... It, it was, was some old. Mayflower shit. It was old. I mean, it was... Wow. Yeah. So, we had ended up talking to the um, the owner about the place. Somehow, we found out that there was, like, supposed to be a cemetery nearby. Oh, as you did. like, the family around. Because, you know, all yeah. of that area around used to belong to the farm. And now there were houses closer by because it had been sold off as those things happened. So... It, it wasn't like anything specific ever happened in the house. It was just more like a feeling like somebody was around or, or a few people around. But like we never saw anything. Right. Nothing ever moved. We didn't hear any specific noises that we were like attributing to a ghost or anything. It was just a feeling that something was around like kind of keeping an eye. Did it feel like when you were in a room by yourself, you weren't in a room? Like there was someone standing by you? Or at least someone standing... in the, yeah, yeah, in the room. Like, I very, very infrequently feel like I'm completely alone. So let me just, like, get that out of the way first. Wow. Um, I get that. Yeah. Um, so we started sort of, like, researching a little bit, and we found the cemetery. It was through the woods, quite a, a distance. But when we realized, like, some of the trees were not the same as the other trees in the area. Mm -hmm. There was a grouping of pine trees that were a little bit taller and a little different looking than the rest of the trees. And we realized it was in a heart shape. No! So the pine trees are like back in the woods. You can't see the road from where we are. We had to go over like a stone wall. And this isn't like an area that's well-traveled. It's like up in the hills. Even people that live in the area don't know that it's over there. So we're across the street and we realize like these pine trees are in this heart and the entire cemetery from the house is inside this heart. Shut up. So they built, they like planted all these trees just to encompass the cemetery. And we go through, we see the people's names or the owners of the house and then set back a little bit further away, but still within that heart shaped pine tree section 
is like just a smaller stone and it says something like um, to Ruth or in memory of Ruth and all the other colored servants from the house. Wow. Right? Which honestly, <laughs> I think that's kind of rare. Yeah, I feel like I haven't, and I've been in like a lot of cemeteries right. in Rhode Island and stuff and right. in like Connecticut and I have not seen that very often. That's like a respect a level of, I mean, it was a they shouldn't large, have had I mean, slides. it wasn't like Let's, a, right, I don't, no, you know, we're not that's like not, I'm not endorsing that. People. No, it's not that. It's you know, just, I'm not, I'm not giving them props for having respect. That. However, that's just not something that you really But time about. period wise and like mentality and like where the world was at socially at that point, that was not a very common thing. Right. Especially to have like a rather large memorial in actual stone in the same cemetery as yeah, yeah like as the people of the owners of the farm so we're like wow that's crazy we look around a little bit more we go back to the house we have a normal night and i go up and i go to bed i'm laying in bed and my room was on the top floor on the third floor and it was like under the eaves so the roof was pitched and the and the ceiling was pitched and Across was the bathroom, and then there's a bathroom uh, closet that went straight through into the main house. So right. With, like, closet secret doors. Right. So I'm just laying there, and I'm in that, like, half-awake, half-asleep sort of period where I'm, like, dreaming, but I'm not quite asleep. Right. You know, like, you yeah, start yeah. thinking about things, but, like, part of your brain is still awake enough to know that you're dreaming. I feel like, isn't that, like, the reptile brain? It's I don't like know. Uh, I have to look that up because I'm not as. That's like a. Uh, I feel like the rep. Sorry to interrupt. No, it's fine. Reptile brain for me is like that's where we get that intuitive. Oh, okay. Something of. Hmm. I don't know. Just Maybe. being being aware. Yeah. I don't know. It, it Do you know what like, I mean? It yeah. It was like being aware, but also at the same time being very involved in what's being shown to you, even though it's a dream. Right. Right. Yeah. So. I remember I'm like laying on the right side of the bed and I'm laying on my back, which is something I rarely did at the time. Um, and I'm like seeing a woman sort of walking around the house and she's got like a long dress on and an apron and like a thing in her hair covering her head. And she's walking around just doing things like picking things up like chores or whatever. And I'm looking and I feel like I'm squinting at her, like trying to get a better look because it was blurry and I mm -hmm. couldn't see her face. And mm -hmm. I kept trying to see her face. And every time, even though she'd like turned to look at me, I could not see any kind of feature on her face whatsoever. Oh, God. And then in real life, not in this dream, something felt like it was next to me, mm -hmm. standing next to me in bed. And then all of a sudden in my right ear, very close to my head. And very definitely outside of my body and not something I was listening to inside of me, I heard, that's me. <gasps> Shut up! <laughs> and I like, <laughs> shot up in bed. <laughs> what? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Was the voice like a, like a, uh, was it, it wasn't like trying to be intimidating was, or anything no, it was no. just like it was just her going you're looking at me yeah. that's me that's you're trying to see me but i'm telling you like that's me how long did this happen after you found it was like the same night shut up oh no it was we went home and we had dinner and went to bed and it was the same night 
Holy as shit. As we found that cemetery and saw, and I was like, oh, so okay, that's Ruth. Cool. Hi, Ruth. How's it going? I swear, like, never has any, the clearness of the voice being external, like, I could feel a breath, like, I could feel the vibration in my ear. Yeah. Because it was someone there. Yeah. It wasn't one of those, like, noises you hear when you're falling asleep and, and dreaming. Right. It was there. <laughs> and it was the exact same day that we found that cemetery. Um, so I'm not gonna, um, I mean, if you guys made it this far, um, I'm probably not going to sleep tonight either. So if you want to <laughs> catch exactly. me on some like Instagram DMs, <laughs> let, let's chat until the let's sun chat. comes up, which is how I used to roll when I was reading all of my Stephen King books. Cause this is just going to be a, a podcast about Stephen King now and how he it, relates to my life. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Let's do that. And you know what? We had a surge of new listeners. So you know what? Welcome. Very excited to have you here. But, uh, you know, we're, Joy and I are going to take a break to go and we're going to go stock up on Clorox and uh, Xanax. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I wish that I could stock up on Clorox, but you can only buy like one thing at a time. That's okay. I, I know people. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I know. I know Clorox dealers are probably harder to find than Xanax dealers at this point. It's LA. You can find it. Right? Oh, okay. This this week, actually, um, the end of the week, my husband is starting work again. It is the first post-production job that he's had since March. Um, and I am starting homeschooling for my son and two other little kiddos that will be going on three days a week. And... I may or may not have some other pots on my stove regarding, I don't know, like illustrative things and some other secret things happening uh, in Joyland. Um, so I'm going to work on that stuff and kind of get a schedule down because I'm going to be a teacher and a homemaker and a tattoo artist that doesn't get to work yet and stuff. While we're not going to be recording, and putting out new episodes, we will be making some special treats for all of you guys. Yeah, and I've yeah. got a bunch. My 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 job that pays me. Um, I've got a shit ton of projects mm-hmm. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. No, listen. I'm lucky. I love my job. I love, I'm one of, I'm one of the lucky ones that, yeah, it's a lot. Um, but I wake up every morning and I'm really happy to have it, um, and work with the people that I do. It's just, there's a, there's a sudden uptick right now of stuff that's happening. Excuse me a minute. I've got to shout at the cat. She is actually shouting at the cat. I'm watching her. I'm sorry. She's trying to eat things on the counter, which she is allergic to because oh, no. she is from get LA. Get, get down. Get down, little shit. <laughs> God, hey. Listen, she's allergic to gluten. <laughs> and she's allergic to anything other than beef to eat. So, because she is delicate and refined and from LA. To those of you who have listened since the beginning, to the new people listening, 
thank you so much. We don't know how you found us, but good Lord, we appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Um, So while we're on this break, figuring out, you know, Joy's new normal and me trying not to have a nervous breakdown, um, please feel free. Oh, what? Quickly, I know that, like, I I just want to say to you and other people who have had jobs this whole time and, like, are stressed about it, I don't. I don't want you guys to feel like you're not allowed to still be stressed because you have a job. Like, I don't feel like, I feel like you can feel lucky and also feel stressed. Whereas I just look on our Instagrams and at the accounts of people that are following us and get very excited when I see that there are people in Australia. Um, You know, I get really psyched. So if I like one of your posts from 2016, I'm sorry. It's just because I'm just excited and stalking you uh, through the internet. So, you know, that being said, we're taking a month off. Joy's going to be entering the wild, wild world of homeschooling small children under the age of five. And I have a, a really full plate with work and also my husband the studios are opening reopening so my husband is back on set so you know adjusting to new normals around here for both of us and so we're Mm going to take some time off and in the meantime we have 23 other episodes uh that you can go listen to you know and you know some of them we gave you snippets of today um on this epic long episode yeah um all right. I and, mean, what you the know, fuck else are you doing? Nothing except missing our dulcet tones when you have nothing else to listen to from us. Well, I mean, they, they've got Dr. Phil marathons on, you know, Oprah's network. But yeah, his, oh, you could watch. His tones are not dulcet. No, they're not. No. Are you stupid or what? But in the meantime, please write to us. Tell us about your experiences. Ask us your questions that you might have, you know. Or just tell us how amazing we are. Our email address is theresidualspodcast at gmail.com. And our Instagram is the underscore residuals underscore podcast. Slide into our DMs. No dick pics. Thank you to everybody for making this first season a fantastic one and just really validating for us that you know, that there are other people out there who have these things happen that don't want to feel lonely anymore with it. We're not alone. And sometimes just like, you know, I won't go into a whole big thing, but like sometimes just telling someone else starts that ball rolling of like whatever kind of closure you might need to not obsessively worry about it all the time or be scared of it anymore. And sometimes just like somebody else listening, they might provide you with an answer that seems really obvious to them because it's not seen through this emotional lens of someone who's experienced it. Exactly. If we can help you start the healing process, then, you know, we've done our job. So in the meantime, stay safe, wear a fucking mask, wash your hands. What? Excuse me. Emily, um, what are you thankful for today? I'm thankful for my kid, that she's happy and healthy. That's what I'm thankful for. And I'm thankful for you for, for 
saying yes let's do this podcast and then being a full fucking Capricorn about it and being like right we're doing it this is what we're gonna do I made a list instead of just me being like I've had this idea that I've been procrastinating on and I'm just gonna sit on it for another few years until someone else does it and then I sit there and I'm like ah that was my idea first no dude so yeah just tell me what you want to do I'll make it happen I what are you what are you grateful for joy I am in true joy, gratitude, fashion. I am really grateful for uh, the just add water and shake Bisquick things that we've been using. <gasps> yes, I love those. <laughs> I'm grateful love for that. And those little dash waffle makers because I have one that has a pumpkin and then I have another one that has a skull and we had like sweet Halloween breakfast the other day and it was August. Um, so that's what I'm thankful for. Thanks, Bisquick. If you want to advertise with us, I'm down. Bisquick. 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 Uh, you know you know what we're also thankful for is Purple Hyphen Planet for the music. <gasps> so much. So much. I love that music. Yeah. It's great. It's, me too. It's creepy as hell. It, it's really um, good. I have, like... Yeah. I'm, I feel very thankful that, like, the things that we picked from the beginning, we haven't been like, oh, I never really liked that music. Like, we've just been like, no, this is our music. We're good. Oh, I do have one thing for our What the Fuck corner. The killers of Brianna Taylor still have not been arrested. What the fuck is up with only saying that they're her killers? Because their names in the Louisville Metro Police Department are actually... Brett Hankinson, Jonathan Mattingly, and Miles Cosgrove. And they should yeah. be in fucking jail. Agreed. So, wear a mask. Wash your hands. Be a decent human being. Mm-hmm. More importantly, don't be afraid of the dark. But I will. Bye. Bye. Are you stupid or what?